thanks, Dan, just for uh, the opportunity to share with you this morning. I think I've been here to this church uh, a lot of times, but never, I don't think I've been here on a Sunday morning. Um, so it's really cool just to be here with all of you, and uh, hopefully none of the people back at CCAC San Jose are listening to this, but I'm just going to say something uh, about your worship, right? I, I really enjoy like, just being here, and maybe it's the acoustics of the room, but I just love hearing your voices. And you know, We have a, a bit of a bigger congregation, but sometimes it feels a little dead at times, and it was just great. Uh, thank you, Dan and, and Dan, for uh, leading us. And yeah, it's just really great to worship with all of you. Um, so I want to get to know you a little bit uh, this morning, so I'm going to ask for some audience participation. Uh, so can you please raise your hand if you are a middle school student? All right, just kind of see who you are all right, in the back. Uh, high schoolers? All right, and then everyone else out of high school. Cool. Good to see the mix. You know, some of the, it's kind of like this at our church, too. All the younger kids are in the back. But that's all right. Um, so I also want to ask you a, kind of a starting out question is, how much do you enjoy work, right? And when I say work, I don't just mean, you know, if you're in the workforce, uh, it could be schoolwork, it could be um, you know, taking care of your kids, it could be yard work, homework. Um, so give me a thumbs up if you love work, and maybe a thumbs down if work's just okay, or you, know, you don't really like work. Thumbs, everyone. All right, okay, okay. I see some thumbs up, some down, um, some sideways, and, and I think that's how it is for uh, most groups I talk to, or most people I talk to. Um, Growing up, I was, I think when I was in school, like you know, many of you guys, I did not like school, um, aside from maybe like PE or like hanging out with friends or having lunch. Uh, school was kind of a drag, right? I'm sure some of you can relate, but some of you maybe like, like school and that's great. And then when I got in the workforce, uh, before I went into ministry, I was in kind of the tech world. I was a business analyst for a while, kind of on the operations side. Actually worked with Jeremiah. And even though I got to work with Jeremiah, um, Work was a drag, right? So every day, every morning, I'm like, oh, I have to go to work. Um, I, I don't like going to work. And I felt like that for a number of years, actually, and I didn't really like what I was doing. I felt, felt like it was kind of meaningless. Um, I had no fulfillment, fulfillment in my work. And I think uh, as I've, obviously, as I transitioned into ministry, I'm more like this now, <laughs> which is a good thing, right? Sometimes it's like this or like, like this, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, I just really enjoy you know, it, there is more meaning in the work, but this morning I, I want to talk to you about work. Whether you are a student, whether you are in the workforce, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, uh, whether you are even retired, right? All of us uh, work in one way or another. So here's a kind of just picture of different types of work, right? There's, uh, you know, maybe people in construction, people who are students, and this looks like any uh, tech office, right, with open floor plans and just people sitting there uh, working. And um, so I just want to establish, first off, that I believe that all of us work, right? Whether you are a student, um, whether you are in ministry, whether you are in construction, whether you're, you know, a doctor, in, uh, whether you're taking care of your kids, right? All of us work in one way or another. So, you know, really this message, when I say work, uh, I'll be referring to work, but I, I really want all of you to kind of say, like, hey, you know, I am working, right? I am working too, right? No matter what life stage you're in. Um, so I gave my sermon, you know, the sermon a couple months ago at CCIC San Jose, and we were going through a series on uh, how to integrate faith and life, right? So we were going through uh, Colossians chapter 3, which is basically what Paul says in verses 1 to 2 is, 
right? I'll just read it here. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are, that are on earth, right? And I have a picture here of, you know, glasses, right? Because sometimes our lives um, as Christians become so unfocused, right? We're so distracted by the things of the world. We're so distracted by work, school, uh, responsibilities that we don't set our, our focus, our eyes on things that are above. And then what happens is our life, our, our life, right, our, you know, non-church life is like one thing. And then our, our church life, our faith, our how we serve the Lord is a whole different area of our life. Um, but what we're trying to do through the series is how do we see our lives? How do we live our lives in a way that um, every part of our, our life is for God? So we kind of work through Colossians chapter 3, and uh, later Paul talks about how our relationships should be, right? So he kind of talks about, like, you know, putting to death our old selves, uh, putting on our new selves. And I know a couple of weeks ago, we all celebrated Easter, and part of Easter was baptism. And I know some of you guys uh, maybe got baptized too. And baptism, when you are, you know, put down in the water, it represents you're dying to your old self. And then when you're pulled up, you are born again to new life. Um, but oftentimes that new life um, is not so new for us, right? We're like, oh, yeah, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, but you just kind of go on, you know, living the way you did before, maybe with a few minor tweaks here and there. Uh, but that's not how the way it should be, right? Paul is saying, hey, if you're a Christian, all these different areas of your life should be impacted by your faith. Um, so he goes on to talk about our relationships uh, in marriage uh, between, you know, fathers and, and parents and, and kids, right? So if you're a believer, you shouldn't be living, I mean, you shouldn't be, you know, yes, there is always going to be conflict between, you know, husband, wife, uh, parents, children, but all these areas of your life should reflect your faith, right? Including your relationships. And then we're going to be in uh, verses 22 to 24 this morning, and Paul is addressing bond servants and masters, right? And in today's you know, society here at least, we don't have this idea of bond servants and masters. Um, but back then, it was actually pretty common. I, I read somewhere uh, that about half of the workforce, they were actually considered kind of bond servants, right? Uh, common people. And it's not so much, I mean, I think there were different kinds of slaves and servants, uh, but it wasn't so much uh, the slavery that we kind of imagine where it's, you know, harsh necessarily. Um, but, you know, Paul is kind of encouraging the bond servants and masters and kind of instructing them how they to relate to one another. Um, and even though we don't have that kind of relationship in today's world, I think there are a lot of things that we can learn about this idea of work, which obviously we, we still do have today. So let me read. Um, let me point the right way. Point this way. Oh, sorry. Is it not working? Okay. Uh, so let me read uh, Colossians chapter 3, 22 to 24. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Right? And before I kind of get into the meat of the message, into the passage, I do want to talk very briefly about just the, the general idea, the basics of work, uh, because this is kind of foundational to, you know, what we're talking about this morning. So a couple things. First, uh, very beginning, you know, Genesis, God actually uh, created this idea of work, and God worked himself, right, in creation. 
that was work. And then God also gave uh, work to, to man uh, as, as a good thing, right? Work was a gift. Work was, in some ways, a blessing. And, you know, uh, Adam and Eve, they were to have dominion over the animals and everything. And that was their work. So that was all before the fall, right? So work was actually not meant to be a struggle. But then as a result of the fall, um, work became frustrating and difficult, right? God cursed the ground, and uh, I'm sure many of you know that work is, is difficult. There's, even if you gave a thumbs up earlier, I'm sure there's still things that are hard about work, right? There's long hours, um, you know, you're, you're tired, uh, there's maybe uh, conflict at work between coworkers, there's, you know, workplace drama uh, at school, you know, you might have tests and this and that, and you just, you know, we, we know, I don't think I have to go on, right? You all know that work is hard and work is, is frustrating at times. Um, so with that said, uh, I went back up real quick. All right, so I, I want to read this quote as I was kind of preparing this message. I found this quote, I think is, kind of uh, illustrates the tension that there is in work. Right? Um, it says, it's important that we see both the goodness of work in God's original creation and the struggle of work under the fall. Right? If we only see the good, then we'll, f- we'll be frustrated when things don't go as they should. If we only see the bad, we'll have a hard time doing our work to the glory of God. Right? Work is not all good, and it's not all bad. It is part of God's good creation, which has been tainted by the fall, and God is at work to redeem work. I kind of like that last sentence, right? God is at work, which is, you know, God's working to redeem work. So that's kind of what I want to address this morning, is how can work be redeemed uh, in our context, in our own lives, right? Whether you are a student, whether you are retired, whether you are in the workforce, whether you're, you know, taking care of kids, right? Um, How can we work in a way that glorifies God, honors God, um, that gives our life meaning, that gives our work meaning, um, despite the difficulties and despite the struggles. All right, so I'm going to sh- uh, share with you three kind of main ideas uh, that kind of guide, hopefully, our, our mindset and then also our actions about how we see work. All right, so first, um, we are to work for the Lord and not for anything or anyone else. All right, we are to work for the Lord and not for anything or anyone else. Uh, if I ask... I'm not going to say, you know, I don't want to ask all of you, but if I ask the world, right, people in society, why do you work? Uh, I'm guessing the most common answers would be, you know, to make a a good living, uh, to provide for my family, to uh, have nice things, to buy that nice new car or phone or house, um, to save up for, you know, future generations, right? And those aren't necessarily all bad things, right? Some might be worse than others. Um, I actually listened into, uh, I think, at Vertigo, there's a talk on, on money, and I, I watched it on YouTube, and um, just the idea of money and how um, dangerous it can be, right? Because money can be an idol for us, and money can be like our God even, right? So when you approach work, uh, even for you students, right? If I ask you know, my, my students in, in youth group, you know, actually, just listening to their conversations with uh, college decisions out, they're all talking about where they're going to or where their, their friends are going, and then... Uh, there was this one, I think middle schooler or younger high schooler who was talking to one of our seniors. Our senior was giving all this advice, right? Oh, you need to do all these clubs, you need to do this and this. I'm like, no, 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 don't listen to her, right? School or work or whatever it is, is not just all about like getting into the best and making the most, right? Uh, Because at the end of the day, those things kind of leave us empty. Um, So I'll share a little bit about my own experience. When I was working in tech, um, I think part of the reason why 
work was so meaningless and I felt so unfulfilled, uh, if I think back, I think the only reason I was working was for money. And don't get me wrong, uh, we all need money to survive, but that was like the only thing that kept me going to work. And because I was only working for money or, or just to impress my boss or just to uh, look good and have nice things, uh, that left me, like, the work itself wasn't meaningful for me. And the work itself, you know, I was in the semiconductor industry. Uh, I'm not saying semiconductors are bad or anything, right? But for me, I didn't really care about these chips that were being produced, right? I didn't care about, maybe it makes, you know, nice technology like this, right? But I didn't care about the things that I was actually working on. So it left me feeling like there was no point, there was no meaning uh, for me personally in the things that I was doing. So what does give our work meaning, right? I believe that recognizing that work is from God and that working for him uh, gives our work meaning. Right? So when we see work as an act of obedience to God or even, you know, even an act of worship to God, then I think our, we could approach work differently and work can actually be something that we, we enjoy doing, that we uh, do it and we could do it in a way that honors God because we're keeping in mind what we're doing is not for me, it's not for money, it's not for my boss. What I'm doing is actually for God. Um, so a few verses prior to the ones we just read in Colossians uh, 3.17, Paul says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Right? And then in the verses we just read, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You are serving the Lord Christ. All right, so if you're looking at those passages, I kind of underline for you, the emphasis, the direction of our work isn't for your boss, isn't for money, isn't for whatever, right? The direction of your work is ultimately for God, right? He's the one who you're serving, and he is the one uh, you should be honoring and glorifying in your work. Uh, I want to tell you a, a, a story, kind of a modern parable. Um, so... There was a traveler who came upon three men uh, working next to each other, and they were working with bricks, right? So the, the, the traveler, the person, uh, asked the first man, what, what are you doing, right? What are you doing with these bricks? And he was just saying, oh, I, I'm just laying bricks, right? I'm just putting one brick on top of another. So then he asked the second man, and the second man uh, said he was putting up a wall, right? So he had maybe a, a bigger picture, right? I'm not just stacking bricks aimlessly. I'm making a wall. And then he asked the third person, and the third person said he was building a cathedral, right? So these three men were all doing the same exact thing. They were doing the same work, but, um, and I'm kind of reading into the story a little bit, but if, if I were to ask that third person, like, how meaningful is your work? That person would probably say, man, my work is so meaningful because I'm building this beautiful structure. I'm not just building, you know, brick by brick. I'm not just building a wall, but I'm building somewhere that can be used to, you know, first of all, it's going to be beautiful, right? It'll show, I don't know, the, the glory of, of God, but also of, of, you know, man's ability to build these great structures, um, right? So if I read into it a little bit more, I would say that that person who is building the cathedral probably could say, like, I'm actually doing this uh, to honor God, to glorify God in what I'm doing. All right, so um, the first aspect about working for God isn't, it's tricky because it doesn't necessarily change what you do, right? I'm not saying, hey, everyone, go out there and quit your jobs and all become missionaries or all become pastors. 
Uh, so what you do might not change at all, but I think it's a very maybe subtle uh, mindset or even a heart shift where you say, hey, I'm not, I'm not actually doing this all just for myself or for, for my boss. I'm actually doing this to honor God, to glorify God. Right, so um, in, in the Colossians 3.17 verse, let me back up real quick. I think one way we can do this is just to recognize that God is the creator of work and God gave us work and the ability to work, right? It says, um, you know, we do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And it might be kind of a weird concept for you to give thanks to God for work, right? Because some of us have, you know, kind of negative relationships with work. But, you know, for those of you who are students, you say, God, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to learn, right? Because not many people have the access to the same education that you guys have. Uh, thank you, God, for giving me the brain, the smarts, the ability to kind of comprehend these things I'm going through because uh, not many people, I mean, I'm sure many of you are really bright, right? You have uh, opportunities that people maybe in other places or even around here don't have, right? Maybe some of you who are in the workforce say, thank you, God, for uh, the job that I have, even though it's stressful, even though it's hard. I acknowledge that you provided, you know, this job for me uh, that I can work and the ability to, you know, get you know, be in this position to work at all. Right, so do we thank God for, for the work that we have? Um, and I think Thanksgiving, just in general, right, the Bible tells us to be thankful um, all the time. Thanksgiving actually, I believe, shifts our mindset to, um, it, I would say it's impossible to be thankful to God, but be like selfish in a way. Right? Because when you're thanking God, you are shifting all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor, and everything to him. Right? So this idea of thanksgiving, uh, just as a whole, but even specifically for our work, I think is something that can help us recognize, hey, you know, work is not my own. Work is not uh, something that's apart from God, but hey, even work itself is for God. And then the other thing uh, I think we can do, uh, again, this is more of a mindset shift and not so much something we, we physically change, but it's just to see our, our boss as God. Right? That's kind of a weird concept. I'm sure most of you have some kind of boss, you know, whether it's like a director at, at work or your teacher or, or your parents, right? Um, and, and this is kind of weird. Uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, just totally disregard your teachers or totally disregard your boss, right? But who is it that you're actually working for? Who is it who you're striving to I don't want to say you need to impress God, right? But who is it the one who you're working to honor in your work? Um, one person I think about uh, who comes to mind when I think about kind of working or in this place playing for God, I'm sure many of you know Jeremy Lin, um, but he, for those of you who don't know, if you're living, living under a rock, he's a basketball player, uh, no longer in the NBA, but he, he you know, was the first Asian American in, in the NBA, and I think he went through a lot of, um, I think he had a lot of weight on his shoulders, right, from being the first Asian American, uh, being a Christian, and I think he struggled a lot with, like, trying to live up to people's expectations, uh, carrying the weight of, you know, Asian people everywhere on his shoulders, right? But he's also talked a lot about um, how he's trying to not, like, live or perform just for people, uh, but actually for the Lord. So let me read a couple interview um, snippets, right? 
Um, in one of his earlier interviews, actually during Linsanity, which is crazy, it was like 11 years ago, uh, he was quoted as saying, I'm thinking about how I can trust God more. Right? How can I surrender more? How can I bring him more glory? Right? You would think that as a star player um, or a basketball player, you know, you're working to impress the fans. You're working to, I'm sure he had some of these things in mind too, but trying to play the best you can. Right? But ultimately, he's trying to play well to honor God. And during Linsanity, uh, there was someone from church gave me like, this wristband, I couldn't find it, I was looking for it, that says it like, in, in his name I play, or like, in Jesus' name I play. I don't know if it was actually licensed, like, if he, he was behind it, right? But just the idea that um, when, even when you're playing basketball, right, you do it for God and not for, not just for the fans. Um, later on in his career, uh, he gave this uh, testimony, or it might have been like a, a sharing at like a, a, a Christian gathering, right? He said, um, where am I? I don't feel a burden just because I think at this point I'm not playing for others. That might sound rude, I guess, but it's the truth. I'm not working hard and practicing day in and day out so that I can please other people. My audience is God. Right? My audience is God. I think we need to have that same mindset no matter what we're doing, right? whether it's work or school or even you know, taking care of the kids is like, super hard, uh, even in retirement, I'm sure there's struggles or things that you do, right? But are you doing the things that you're doing uh, with God as, as your audience? Um, so I, I'm actually gonna share a little bit about my own struggles with this. Um, as a pastor or as a person who's upfront, it's easy to say like, oh, I need to craft a sermon or uh, plan an event that people are really excited about and I get good feedback, right? I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, so when I do anything, um, it's like, how are people gonna respond? Are they gonna give me good feedback? Are they gonna, uh, even if they don't give feedback, because people in my church don't often be like, hey, great sermon, or like horrible sermon. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kinda, I could tell when people are like, oh yeah, connecting, right? Um, but as I was preparing, I felt convicted like, hey, this is actually for me too, because when I'm giving a sermon, it's super vulnerable because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to impart God's word and kind of you know, share it with you, but I'm also like up here uh, on stage and kind of in a spot where I want people to, to say, oh wow, great job, right? Um, so I think I was listening to a podcast and one thing that uh, this is a well-known pastor said is after he gives a sermon, he just, I think, his image is like, oh, he just lets it go to God, and that even if it's horrible, right, he knows that he prepared uh, in a way that honors God. He knows that uh, God will do w with his words what he will, so he's able to just kind of let go and say, hey, I've done my part, I've been faithful, and my audience is God, and my audience is not, I mean, it is everyone he's speaking to, but it's not really, right? Because God is the one I'm serving, and in some ways, it's not all of you. So that was a really cool uh, kind of mindset shift that I've been, I'm still working through, right? Because obviously there's still the, the human tendencies of like, hey, I need to do well and I want people to like me and blah, 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 right? That's my own thing. But uh, I think for all of us as believers, right, do we work for God or are we working for ourselves? Are we working for our bosses? Are we working for money? All right. So that's first. Uh, we need to work for the Lord and not for anything else. Second is that everything we do is for the Lord. Um, so that picture there is 
concrete or road here and grass there, right? And I talked a little bit about this earlier is uh, compartmentalizing is, can be a good thing, right? For those of you who are uh, maybe working or in school or whatever it is, maybe, what well, it's harder with school because you guys have to go home and do homework, but for some of you who are working, you might say, you know, work is work, I'm gonna leave work at work and then when I come home, I'm gonna reserve that time for family, for, for rest and different things. And we're pretty good at saying, hey, this is this and that is that, right? But the bad thing is some of us maybe do this to our own, uh, we do this with our, our faith too. We compartmentalize and we say, you know, God, I'm gonna give you Sunday mornings, I'm gonna give you uh, Fridays and I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna sing praises to you, I'm gonna uh, be in small group and study the Bible, I'm gonna pray for others, I'm gonna be kind and patient. And then during the work, the work week, right, you're, uh, you know, maybe being a little bit dishonest here, cutting corners, uh, gossiping about friends here, um, you know, cheating on your tests, whatever it is. And you create this separation between work, between school, and between your faith, right? I think it's, it's really easy for us to do, uh, even for myself, right? When I'm at church, it's like, pastor hat on, I'm praying, I'm doing all these things, but... Um, it's easy to sometimes not think about what God wants for me to do uh, during the week. Uh, I want to share, actually, I'll, let's jump ahead a little bit. My pages got out of order. Okay. Um, so I'm actually going to refer back to the exact same two or three verses we just read earlier, but the emphasis is a little bit different, right? I'm going to underline different words. Uh, Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right? And then in 23 it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Um, it doesn't say whatever you do at church uh, or anything you do among Christian believers. Right? It's whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Right? So whether it is church work, uh, if you're volunteering, if you're serving, whether it's um, housework, right? You could do it in a way that's uh, you're not complaining or you're not causing uh, difficulty with your spouse or your roommates. Whether it's um, you know yard work, whether it's relational work, whatever it is, right? You could be doing for the Lord. Um, an example of this actually is from First Corinthians ten, uh, chapter. Sorry, yeah, First Corinthians ten, verse thirty-one, and Paul was writing to the church in Corinth about. A variety of different things, uh, but in this case, he was talking to them about food that was sacrificed to idols, right? And so, you, normally you would think like, oh, whatever I eat or drink, it's not really relevant to like my faith, right? It's just eating, right? Um, but in this case, there was some discussion of like, should should believers eat food that was sacrificed to idols? Um, but Paul says, what whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, right? And in this case. Uh, it meant not offending others by what they ate. So Paul was uh, kind of encouraging them to say, maybe for now you abstain from eating. Even though you have the freedom to eat the stuff, uh, if you consider others, if you don't eat, then that might um, provide an opportunity for them to come to Christ. Right? So even something as, I would say, mundane or like every day as eating or drinking can be done for God's glory, right? And that's just one example. I mentioned earlier, right, whether you're doing homework, uh, whether you're working, whether you're doing um, 
serving at church, all these things can be done for God's glory. All right, we can glorify God with our bodies, right, by exercising, taking care of our bodies. Uh, we could glorify God through our giving to bless others. Um, we glorify God through serving in the church by using our gifts. All right, so I guess the point of this is saying, even though we define work very narrowly as you know, when you're in the office or when you're at school, really, it's our whole lives, right? Every waking hour uh, and everything that we do can be done for God's glory. Uh, I had a conversation with this one guy, uh, I would say probably a couple months ago now, and he was in a really, really, really bad place, um, kind of mental health-wise, emotionally, and he, he basically considered his life was like done, right? He didn't really care to live. Uh, and he was in a really deep kind of emotional uh, pit depression. And, you know, praise the Lord, right? God kind of pulled him out of it and gave him hope. And uh, when I talked to this brother, like, uh, this was after he was kind of out of his struggles. Um, I thought his mindset was amazing because he's, he was a contractor and uh, he actually kind of lost his job through this whole time. But coming out of it, um, when I talked to him, he was so involved in everything at church, like every prayer meeting, every uh, volunteer thing, everything he's showing up now uh, because he's out of kind of his difficult times. Uh, but what he said was, you know, I was dead. You know, my life was, was, was done, right? I considered myself completely gone. And God gave me a second chance, right? God gave me a second chance at life. So I'm going to do everything every single thing I can for him, right? Whether it is the volunteering or serving at church or even his conversations, uh, he's older, right? He has uh, kids who are like out of high school now, but he calls me all the time. He's like, oh yeah, I was uh, talking to like an old friend and I want to bring like that friend's kid to church and can you arrange all these things? So everything, even his relationships, he's thinking about how can I honor God through this? And it was really encouraging for me to hear because it's not just... I mean, that's like a real faith, right? Because he considers his previous life like done and God gave him this new, new life. So he's seizing every, every, every opportunity to honor him, right? Whether it's through his relationships, like, like I said, whether it's through uh, serving, volunteering, um, even he said like how he wants to go about work. Um, not to say that he was cutting corners before, but he's like, oh yeah, even how I work, I want to you know, do it in a way that's like, Legitimate, right? Honest. Uh, no, no treating people badly. No taking advantage of people, because uh, I guess it's easy to do that <laughs> when in your when you're a contractor. So you know, I thought that's a really awesome mindset. Um, but really, that mindset is not just for him, right? It's for all of us as believers, because what he said about being kind of dead is true for all of us, right? We were all dead in our trespasses and sin. Christ, through his grace and through his mercy, kind of pulled us out of that so that we have new life in him. So if we have this new life, right, how have we given every area of our lives to him? Right? Every waking moment, every action, every thought, every relationship, every conversation. Uh, third and final point is a, a bit more practical. Um, the first two are more about kind of our mindset, how we see things, right? One is to see the uh, work for the Lord, not for anyone else. Second was to uh, do everything for him. Uh, third is how we actually work matters, right? How we actually uh, go about whether it's your job or whether it's school, whether it's whatever you're doing. So I'm going to read the same verses again uh, with different emphasis again. 
Colossians 3.22, Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Um, I have a couple examples of what it means to uh, be people pleasers and by eye service. And what that means is you're only working to impress people. So I'll share about, you know, back when I was working with Jeremiah at a National Semiconductor and then TI. So when I was working in the corporate world, um, one trick, and this is for, hopefully you guys don't take this as advice, is when people are, so, you, so we were in cubicles, so you know, you're, you're looking at like social media or like chatting with people, and then when people come around, right, you hear footsteps, then you, you alt-tab away and pretend, pretend that you're working, right? And then my other trick was to um, <clears throat> save a few emails. When I get home, I'd send a few emails from home, like late at night, you know, I'd save them up, so I would send them out at night, and then it'd be like, I'm working really, really hard, right? Um, and people would say, wow, Chris, you're working at midnight? You're such a hard worker, right? Um, so those are some tips, but don't use them. Some examples of how I, I was a people pleaser for doing things uh, by eye service, right? But if I think about it, and if I'm working for God and not to impress people, who, who am I fooling, right? God knows what I'm doing all the time, right? Even if people aren't walking by my cube, God knows my intentions when I'm sending emails out late at night. Um, but the, the, the Greek word for heartily, right, when it says work heartily as for the Lord, not for man, uh, heartily means from the soul. Right? You're working from the soul uh, with passion, with enthusiasm. Um, and when you're working like that, right, it changes not just maybe how you work, but hopefully the quality of your work too. Right? Um, so I'm going to throw out a few ways, a lot of ways that you can kind of work heartily for the Lord. And I know not all these will, will stick with all of you, and some might not be so applicable for some of you, but these are just some things I, I kind of thought of, of, you know, if you're actually working with God as your, as your aim, as your boss, as your master, right? These are things that you might want to implement uh, because if you're just working for man, right, if you're just working for money or for yourself, then you cut corners, then you uh, are dishonest, then you do everything you can to get ahead. But if you see God as your master, then you know, you'll, you'll be working a little bit differently. Right? So these are just some things I, I thought of. Um, first, you know, even though we're focusing on God being your boss, being your master, in verse 22, it actually does say to submit to your authorities, right? um, your masters. Um, it says, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Right? And I think this is kind of in line with uh, how we are to submit to you know, our governmental authorities. We are also are to submit to our earthly authorities. Obviously, it's not a 100% um, if it contradicts with what God says, but I think there is something to uh, the submitting to people who God has placed uh, as authorities over you. Uh, next, if you are a boss, right, the following chapter, uh, a couple verses later, it says to treat your bondservants or maybe employees or volunteers or those who work under you, justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Right, so this is the other side of it where, hey, if you are in a position of authority, you know God is above you and God is watching, right? So you want to treat others um, with, with the same respect and, and uh, justly and fairly, right? Uh, next, we can work with integrity. Um, in Psalm 15, David writes about how we should walk blamelessly and do what is right, right? That just means 
Uh, if you're in school, try not to cheat, or don't cheat, not try not to cheat. Uh, don't cheat if you're at work, you know, no cutting corners, uh, no like trying to take advantage of things, right? I'm sure you guys can think about what integrity looks like in your, in your context. Uh, this one, next one's hard for me. Do things without grumbling, right? Uh, Paul in Philippians 2 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Right, so when you're not grumbling, when you're not uh, disputing, that actually is the testament, is a testimony to others around you. Like, there's something different about you uh, that you're able to do that. Um, rest, right, rest is the next one. I think uh, God rested in creation, so we also are to rest. And actually, there's something about rest that is um, a way that we trust God. Right? If we're working, if we feel like we have to work all the time and do everything, then in some ways we're taking things in our own hands, we're not trusting God. Um, and then last couple are basically about being a witness and sharing the gospel, right? Uh, I think all of you, whether you're in school, whether uh, you're you know, in your social circles, whether you're in your workplace, you have access to people that uh, maybe Dan and myself as like ministers don't have access to. Um, I think most often people come to the Lord through relationships, right? So um, you all have opportunities uh, through your actions, through your conduct, through your words, and then through directly sharing the gospel. Um, those are ways, those are opportunities that God has provided in whatever context you're in to honor him um, through your work. All right, so a couple thoughts for application is, you know, first of all, how do you view work, right? I know some of you are here, some of you are here, some of you are here, um, but what is the reason you go to school or uh, you go to work or do anything that you do? Is it ultimately for the Lord as your, your master, as your boss. And then what does it look like for you to do everything for him, right? Because we said uh, sometimes we just see uh, Fridays or Sundays is, is for God and everything else is for yourself, right? So what are some things or some areas of your life uh, that you can better incorporate God into? And then lastly, what are some ways that you can work uh, heartily to glorify God? All right, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for, um, yeah, just the encouragement that we have uh, to work for you. We thank you for your love and thank you for your mercy in our lives that you are a God who is worthy of our praise, you're worthy of our attention, uh, you're worthy of our obedience, Lord. So I pray that uh, as we, you know, go about our our lives, whether you know, we are in school or working or retired or whatever it is, Lord, we, we see you as our master, as our uh, boss, and as our aim, Lord, that we, we don't just do it out of uh, kind of uh, being a slave to you, but you know, we have freedom in you because of your love for us that we can uh, live for you. So we thank you so much. I pray that your Holy Spirit will uh, convict us of your truth and lead us and strengthen us to live out um, our response to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.